What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Heck versus Hell, where the truth we tell. So, as you can see from the title, which you might be very excited about, we are going into hidden episode number two. And these are going to be much deeper conversations, okay? These are going to be more so about the spiritual battles that we go through, the spiritual battles that we have. Um, If you did listened or didn't listen to the first one, it was about my experiences with sleep paralysis as we know it to be sleep paralysis when it's spiritual attacks where you can tangibly see the spirits, okay? So some of the times you just have it, you can't see or feel nothing. Other times you can see them very vividly, okay? The, The first time I ever had sleep paralysis, all I saw was a shadow. And the feeling, the aura of some ominous presence. Um, But other times I saw the spirits very clearly and I felt them. So that's going to be kind of going into certain conversations as such in this episode as well. Okay. So we're going to go into the spirits. Okay. We're going to go into a spiritual conversation. All right, so wherever it is that you are listening to this on, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, everything in between, turn it up, okay? And and be sure you listen intently because it could be confusing if you miss a certain portion of it. Um, So we're going to go into this right now, okay? And... We need to understand that spirits are very much real, okay? I was watching Constantine. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that movie, You Guys and Gals. I'm going to start. I'm going to stop, you know, saying just you guys because I say that as a general factor. That's kind of how I grew up being from Texas. Um, That just means everybody, all of you, you all, y'all, okay? That's what I know. You guys, to me... That's better than saying y'all because I'm trying to get that type of vocabulary out of my vocabulary, really, Um, so I could be able to talk to a wider audience of people. But if you've seen that movie or have not seen that movie, it's about this one guy who's basically battling demons and not his own demons. He's actually going out into the world and openly battling demons okay and and it goes off of a certain foundation he has conversations as well with the archangel gabriel if you know him from the bible so it's it's a very vivid movie i'll say it's a very vivid movie something that with our own eyes we cannot fully see maybe there are people that can um but with a lot of the times with our own eyes, we can't see these type of things, okay? And uh, some of the stuff that was performed in that movie was definitely divination, nothing less. And it's things like these that they try to go in and portray as sci-fi movies, okay? Science fiction, all this other stuff. I believe, if I'm not mistaken too, The Fourth Kind, which we've previously talked about before, that one's more so about different types of alien encounters, okay, and the fourth kind being abduction, that's the fourth kind of alien abduction, uh, encounters, so 
I believe that one's sci-fi too, but that one's more so documentary based. So uh, we could go into that conversation here in a little bit too. What we need to see and realize is that a lot of these things, they try to play off as fake. They try to play off as, as they're not real. And of course, when it comes to the images, they're, you know, they're not real because they could be a little off. Or they could be misconstrued. They could be just messed up um, in their way of thinking, in their foundation that they hold. But there's a lot that that can be off. Okay, so I I kind of understand to an extent the sci-fi that that it comes from science fiction, uh, which is pretty dumb because it's more so theory, and a lot of science that we know of today is still not real. You know, there's still a lot of things that aren't proven and and hardcore truths even when it comes to certain like black hole theories right how can we know these theories if we don't feel it tangibly and see it and all this other stuff right so that's something that's very very far away that people are trying to say okay well this is truth right so there's still a lot of science that's still fictional um, so right now, what I want to say, what I want to talk about is those type of things is when it comes from sleep paralysis, there is basically a demon that is attached to you and it, it follows you everywhere and they appear it, during that sleep paralysis and they invoke fear. Whenever you're in those states, they paralyze you with fear. That's why it's called sleep paralysis, because you get to the point where you can't talk, you can't speak, you can't nothing, you can't move. Um, You're to the point where it's an in-between, I like to call it, is, is an in-between, because you're not fully in the spirit, but you're not in the flesh. Yet, it's going to seem like you're in the flesh, like you're in the position you were when you were sleeping, etc., etc. And there's a lot of different things and instances that happen like this, okay? And and I want you to be very clear because the thing about it is that some of us can see those certain th- types of things that others can't. And that's kind of the conversation I wanted to go into because my brother, I have a brother and he's an older brother. I think I've mentioned him before. But he went and he was to the point where he was doing certain drugs and something happened with him. And if you, you see this a lot with a lot of people that use methamphetamine, they go to the point where they get to a schizophrenic level. Okay. And we call it schizophrenia because it's like, hey, we don't all see that. Only you see that. Now, that's not to tell them you're imaginating or you're hallucinating or this and that, but it's, uh, they can see things. They can see certain things. I've actually been in, in the car and helped someone that was on methamphetamine and he said someone was following him and chasing him. It was some guy hooded, very tall and dark, and it was in broad daylight and he just like knew he was chasing him. No one was following him that we saw. But he knew and he always saw him, he would see him. And that's kind of how my brother got to the point. Like he was doing certain drugs. I don't know exactly what he took. It might have been a bad 
trip of acid, you know, LSD, something something along those lines, maybe too much mushrooms and mixed with LSD, whatever it may have been, but he opened the door, okay, and that's why drugs are not that good, because they do open those doors, they open spiritual doors, just like a lot of the sins that we have, they open spiritual doors, and these doors, that's how you're able to go and, and for example, have sleep paralysis. You know, I've had sleep paralysis where one time there was a succubus that came and I thought it was my girlfriend at the time and I was pretending to be asleep, but she came and kind of went under the covers and was going to give me oral sex. And, you know, it was kind of going through with it and everything like that. And then I looked down and I looked at her face and it was uh, succubus. Like the face looked human, yet the eyes were bloodshot red and the tongue was very long like a snake. So it, it froze me, you know, and I woke up. Um, but it was uh, something that was a part of me because I was over here fornicating. You know, I was over here lusting and, and fornicating and I had that spirit attached to me. So it's those doors that we entered. And I had the first one that I had was pride. They was It was a demon attached to pride that very much correlated with pride. Another one that I had was, uh, I believe it was gluttony. And I don't know how completely, because um, gluttony doesn't just mean in food, right? Eating too much food, but it was some type of gluttony spirit that I that I felt. The first one was that big dark shadow that it was crazy um that second one that's how that happened well that wasn't the second one the succubus one that's how that happened this other one was whenever i was laying down okay i was it was night middle of the night and i was turned away from my wall and i felt a very 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 heavy presence behind me and it was extremely heavy, like crush the the bed type of heavy. And I felt its hand like get on my on my arm because I sleep on my side and it got on like my arm on the top. And I just had it there. And I remember I was like trying to move and and I went and I like moved my hand slowly close to it because I couldn't move, right? So it was like really, really slow. And I moved my hand slowly close to it and as I was going to touch the thing whatever it was it sat up and I remember it having a huge ugly face like just as ugly as you can imagine <laughs> something like that being just so ugly like literally like a movie character and I, I saw it I, I felt it and it was like it had really big large sharp teeth and uh, I woke up after that but I've had a couple experiences and it wasn't until I started being firm in Christ and being bold in Christ that they just kind of stopped happening. And this happened whenever I was uh, I was basically on fire, fire for God. And I remember they were messing with me one night and I kind of knew, I don't know how, but I sensed that they were going to try to do that whole sleep paralysis thing that night. And just as I expected, they did, because whenever I'm in that stage, 
with me, I feel like pressure in my ears, just like if you've ever had water in your ears. Um, that's kind of what it feels like for me whenever I'm about to go into that state of sleep paralysis. So I knew it was coming, and I remember I was waiting for them to show up because I was wanting to go to sleep so I could see them, so I could basically hurt them with the truth, you know, cut them with the uh, sword of truth, with with Christ, with the word of God. And they never showed up. I got to the point where I was frozen, but I remember I was so bold I was literally paralyzed, but I was so bold, so ready, so prepared that I went and I had this huge smile just curling up and I couldn't stop it. It got to the point where I was smiling so hard, like my gums were showing. I was like doing one of those hard, hard smiles and I was like trying to stop it, but I couldn't. But it was like that anticipation, like, yeah, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to whoop your butt type of a thing. And they never showed up. And the whole thing about it was whenever I kind of got out of that sleep paralysis, I went and I turned. I was able to finally move and I turned towards the the door where they were supposed to be, where I felt them. And I saw a portal. And I can't exactly describe it in any type of way. And it was difficult to see because it was dark. But... It was almost like a rip. If you ever seen a rip of paper, it was like a rip in the world, a rip in the air. So I could, I guess I could say a rip in the universe. And I saw into it and all I could see was like plasma, like kind of like static and plasma. So my human eyes, because at this point I was awake, I was in the in-between. At this point I was awake and my human eyes couldn't look into it. So it was it was just slowly disappearing and disappearing. So this wasn't in the in-between. This was me very vividly awake and conscious, and I was seeing it happen. And so that's kind of what happens, you know, the, the, the portals that we open. So to go back a little bit, yeah, that was a crazy experience. Um, I want to hear if any of you have ever experienced anything like that. I haven't done too much research, but I haven't heard of many people that have seen something like that. I know Lex has. But I haven't heard other people that have seen things like that. But to go back a little bit, my brother, he opened certain doors, okay, with drugs. And I don't know what he did. I don't know what it was. But he got to the point where in his conscious state of mind, he acted, he had schizophrenic events, we'll say, episodes, um, where he just got to the point where he was seeing things, he was feeling things on him. He would be over here. Just, he got to the point one time where I just had to intervene. Um, and it was kind of whenever I found out it was happening and he went and he was having one of those episodes and he thought someone was in his room, moving around, jumping around. I knew what he could see. I knew what he could see, and I knew it was them, the, the demons, trying to ta- torment and torture him. And it's like, whenever you can see like that, they can see you. You know, whenever you see them, they see you, in a sense. And um, it's you're a lot more susceptible in, in a vulnerable state. So with him, he had that type of episode where it was so bad where he actually pulled a gun 
and he was over here pointing it all over his room, pointing it around his his girlfriend and his two very toddler children, little girls. And he was just pointing it all over the room and everything and just doing all of that. And I went and I finally went out there, you know, and, and he was over here sweating profusely. Over here, just very, very paranoid. Like, you could see it all over him. And I couldn't see anything. But they were trying to calm him down. And they had tried to tail him, you know. They were trying to calm him down by saying, no, there's nothing in here. You're, you know, you're not seeing anything. There's nothing there, all this and that. And I told him. I started talking to him. Like, you're seeing things, aren't you? He's like, Yeah. And he was over here, like, kind of scratching himself, you know, smacking his arm and stuff, you know, trying to, like, swat a fly off of him kind of style and just looking around, just looking around. And uh, I told him I knew what he was looking at. We had a little bit of a conversation. And I went and I sat him down in front of me. And I was just so bold, right, so bold in the in the spirit. And I was talking to him, and I was telling him, I'm like, look, everything that you're seeing, they're trying to deter you and defer you. They're trying to distract you, and that's what they were doing. They were doing a really good job at it, too. And I'm like, where do you see him, or where do you feel him? And he was over here, like, rubbing all over his body. He's like, I just feel, you know, I feel it, like, all over me. I feel it all over me. And I started going in on it. You know, like like a rebuking. And I started talking to him, you know, like to his to his vessel. But I was talking to it and and I was telling him, you know, you don't you don't belong here. You know, you you don't belong here. Uh, I'll go back into the mode kind of a bit. I'm like, you don't belong here. I'm like, this this is a vessel of Christ. This is a vessel you cannot touch, for we were given power and authority over you. We were given that dominion and authority over you. You crawl under our feet. You cannot do nothing to this vessel. And I started casting him and rebuking him out. And he had a sense of almost like clarity or back, kind of snapped back to him, to, to my brother. And he, I remember her looking at me, and he was like, how did you know where it was? You know? And that was, like, one of the first times I ever did that. So I'm like, oh, cool. This is kind of cool. You know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah? Yeah? Right? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I knew, right? But, uh, no, nah, it was, uh, it was, I just kind of continued a little bit. But I started realizing that it was very dangerous. You know, I had, like, the, the feeling to not go through with it, to not finish the casting out. And so I did it. So at the end of it, he kind of, he, he kept it inside of him. But the whole time he was still like very paranoid and I was holding his head. But in his perception, what he was being told, the influence that he was having was that I was holding his head to try to set him up so I can kill him. Uh, or so someone could like come and like stab him or chop his head off. So that's the type of perception that he had because he opened those certain types of doors. Like this spiritual life is very, very much real. It's very real. If you talk to any schizophrenic that you you'll understand that 
they don't see crazy stuff. And I, I dislike a lot how people try to discount them and, and almost like laugh at them. And one of the things was about how uh, actually by Joe Rogan, you know, I don't mean to bash on him. I actually really like the guy, but they don't understand. Right. So it's like, how could you not, you know, kind of laugh at it because you don't understand. And they, they were talking about, he had a guest that brought his cousin on. Well, brought, he had a guest that brought a story up about his cousin rather. And that cousin was having schizophrenic episodes himself. I don't know if he was full blown schizophrenic where it was just constant or if it was episodes, but he said that he would board up the windows and he would draw all over his wall to basically talk to his girlfriend, something like that. He would use it to talk to his girlfriend and that he would board up the windows and lock the doors because there was doctors trying to inject him. I can't remember if it was his eyes or something like that. And, and it's like, that's very, very deep. You know, the type of conversation, I would love to have a conversation with his cousin. I don't know who it is, but I would love to have a conversation with him to understand. Because whenever people see like that, you can further understand what's going on. Not only with how they operate, right? How they try to work against us, but how we can see what their plan is, right? Because whenever you read any type of art of war, if you know how a person operates, if you know their tactics, you can further beat them, okay? You can you can step on their heads. That's why it was really awesome that whenever Christ was tempted by the devil because we were able to see some of his tactics. He would go and he would try to lie, flat out lie, and then there was other times where he would use truth, but use it out of context, use it to tempt you. Okay, so there's so many different things. And and that was something actually that I tried doing myself. You know, that's how I was trying to be tempted by the devil myself as well. Not directly, but in, in taking scripture out of context. And there was a point where I was in a relationship and I was over here looking at the scripture of Paul the Apostle. Where he was talking about if your wife is an unbeliever, you know, basically stay with them and they'll eventually become a believer. And I was like, okay, cool. That's where we're staying. But in reality, a lot of the times that's not how it happens. A lot of the times that's not a godly relationship that was brought together. Rather, you're living that how you want to live it. You're staying with the person because you want to stay with them. God's trying to cut them out your life, but ultimately is your decision. Right. So that's kind of how how that situation was. I was over here trying to use the scripture to back up why I shouldn't leave them, why I should stay with them. Like I knew innately what was to go on. But figuring out and talking to certain people like that, you get to understand the tactics. You the more knowledge, the more foundation that you have, you understand it more so you can see the attacks and and one of the biggest attacks on men is the attack of lust okay the 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 actions that come from lust okay fornication and masturbation okay so these are two really incredibly harmful things that happen to men to males most importantly because we have testosterone right so so that's something that's competitive in us Whenever we go and refrain from any sexual activity, our testosterone level rises. Okay, um, Mike 
Tyson. He understood this very well. That's why for a good part of his, his training and his career, he just abstained from any sexual activity at all because he understood that he is powerful. He is more powerful. He has more testosterone whenever he doesn't do anything like that, doesn't engage in stuff like that. And I'm sorry, I got a little distracted right now because I kind of waved my hand, not even that hard, and I just had something move, you know, so I guess, hey, we're on a really good conversation right now, but that's one of the attacks that comes on is is lust, okay, and, and whenever we see it, we have to see it as a direct attack against your purpose, That's that's what it is, okay? A direct attack against your purpose because it makes us complacent whenever we don't have that testosterone that makes us, that gives us the competitive edge. And we don't want to continue doing anything. That's why whenever you see a lot of people that are just, you know, as as they say, masturbating all day, they aren't getting anywhere in life. They're very complacent because they're content. They're comfortable. And we we have to be really uncomfortable whenever we're on the journey of our mission, of our calling, of our purpose. We have to be very uncomfortable and we will be put through very uncomfortable things. But discipline is something that is required. And discipline is directly attacked as well whenever it comes to lust. Because that self-control is what you lose. You lose that self-control, which ultimately affects every other area of your life in one way or another. That's why self-control is really important. That's why I love that one Proverbs is greater is he who can, or, or I believe the proverb goes, greater is he who has self-control than he who can take over a city. Because the discipline and the ability to control your power is something that is incredible. Something that is very powerful. Okay, so you have to understand that whenever a lot of people see uh, the, the Bible and the rules that come from the Bible as, hey, these are direct, basically trying to limit me from living my good life. You know, limit me from living the best life. But the thing about it is whenever you're living in these type of laws and these type of beliefs and aligning yourself with the scripture, you are more obedient to God. Okay, whenever you are going and and doing anything outside of that, you are obeying other spirits. You are obeying their foundation, a foundation outside of Christ. So that's where you open the door. Okay, so that's where we talked about sin, right? Sin, that's how it comes because you open the door. You are not aligned with God. You are getting off the track. Okay, and that's how you can allow spirits in and allow different influences in because it really is a slippery slope whenever you start doing little things. You know, that's why people call marijuana a gateway drug. And for a a large amount of time, I was like, nah, that's not real. You know, that's not, I doubt it and this and that. But if you look at it, a lot of people that go into marijuana, they, they sometimes more often than not, they'll, they're going to try another type of drug. And one of them usually for the case, even if, if they're just 
disciplined marijuana smokers. I know that sounds very, <laughs> very oxymoron, but if they're disciplined more marijuana smokers and they just focus on that, just potheads, they still open the door to mushrooms or some type of other drug similar to that where they can hallucinate. Because at a certain point, the high isn't enough. Because your tolerance level rises so much. Their tolerance level raises so much to the point where they're like, hey, I need to get that feeling again, you know? And and a lot of people that do smoke marijuana, they they will tell you that their first, second, third time smoking was their favorite, their best, their all-time best experience or memory with that drug so they're gonna find they're gonna try to find ways to replicate it whether it's going for higher potency drugs or higher potency marijuana and all regardless it's a slippery slope on every level whatever it is even sin you know hey well you know what i'm just i'm just hey i'm just following this model you know i'm just following this model hey i'm just watching the video to explore hey you know i'm just touching my though it's not like i'm out here having sex hey well i'm just you know having sex with a couple women it's not that many and it just becomes a slippery slope you see it just it's an open door that that comes from these type of things whenever you're not aligned to the truth you are allowing something else in whenever you're not aligned to what God says you are in bondage. So that's why the truth will set you free is one of the deepest truths that has ever been. Because whenever you have the proper foundation, you are not bondage. You can still do everything. And just like uh, Paul the Apostle said, you can do everything, but is everything good for you? You know, should you do everything? So you're out of the bondage whenever you come into the light. And, and you're no longer, hey, well, I can't stop myself from doing this and that. I can't stop myself from going and, and drinking a little bit. I can't stop myself from this and that. Once I get to drinking, you know, I can't stop. All these different types of things. It's bondage that you're under because you start to get under an influence that you were so habitually in. You let that in. And one thing that I've love the one quote that i absolutely love is if you let the devil ride eventually he's gonna want to drive and that's exactly how it is is we get to the point where we don't even see these things as outside of us we don't see the sin as a part of us we see it as a part of us Okay, we see it as as a connection to us. Hey, this is me doing this. You know, we don't see it as as a lack of influence. And regardless of fact, yeah, we always got to see it as a responsibility. Hey, you're the one that made the conscious decision to do it. But that's not a part of you. That's not who you are. That sin is not you. Nor should you be identified by it. By the things that you don't like that you're doing. By the things that you're lacking in. And and I say that in, in the proper sense because it, it happens a lot. It happens so often where people don't understand that. And there's so much that we go through, too. So it comes with healing as well where we can close those doors because forgiveness, you know, it, that's why I can't wait for soul ties because this is the conversation that we go into is having those doors closed. It's a spiritual battle every single day. 
every single day. You're always battling sin every single day. And with soul ties, we even go into the whole point of forgiveness, of how forgiveness helps you because it helps you heal. Because there is something you are still holding on to right now that you have not forgiven. And I know it's right there on the top of your head. I know you see it right there. You may even think that it's not, but the fact that it popped up in your head, that's no coincidence at all. That right there is what you haven't forgiven. Therefore, it's still affecting you. Because as we've said before, you're not going to forgive a snake or you're not going to wait until a snake apologizes for you to take out the poison, right? You're like, basically, if you're not forgiving them, you're just like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take out this poison snake. Not until you forgive, you know, not until you apologize. I'm not forgiving you. That's why if you actually pay attention, vengeance, revenge, right? Vengeance, it does a lot more to the Avenger. It harms the Avenger much more. Whether it be putting you in a, in a new state of desire of, of liking revenge and continuing that pattern or just a whole state of violence or wrath, whatever it may be, you know, we get to that point. That's why pettiness is something that's just horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> I don't like pettiness. It's very childish, but that's something that a lot of people do. You know, it's, it's these types of things. It's these influences that we have. It, it's the demonic influences, first and foremost. You know, even when it comes to the Jezebel spirit, that's something each and every one of you should look into. Um, but it comes from, I believe, well, you know what? I'm not even going to try to try to know what it is. Um, Jezebel was a biblical character. She was actually a woman, and they named the spirit after her. Because it was a very, it's a very promiscuous spirit. And that's a spirit that a lot of women nowadays have. As they get to the point where they're very promiscuous and very manipulative. They are very seductive. And, and they get to that point where they just want to kill you. In a different sense. Whenever you're not living in your purpose, you're dead. Whenever you're not living in the light, you're dead. That's what it is, and that's the purpose, that's the whole intention of Jezebel. If I'm not mistaken, Jezebel was the one that actually caused one of the prophets to almost want to commit suicide because of how powerful she is, how how influential she is. And that's how a lot of men are today. We get to the point where we allow that spirit not only to be a part of us, but to, to want to be with that spirit. To be with someone that carries that spirit. That's why a lot of us today, a lot of men today, they are in that point of depression. They're in that point of suicidal mindset. Because that's something we want to attract or want to be a part of. Or we are allowing that to manipulate our emotions and our being so much to where we lose complete focus of our purpose. We're so focused on, we got cheated on or we got, you know, basically all this strife that comes from this relationship and we're losing focus of why we're even here in the first place. It's manipulative. There's so many spirits out here that we just constantly got to fight. So many spirits. 
And that's why we just recorded the episode, The Attacks of Foundation. And that's going to be the next part two. Is going to be the the attacks that come from all types of ways of, of trying to emasculate us and keep us stagnant and, and get us to the point where we don't want to live in our mission. We're supposed to be the foundation of a household. We're supposed to be the hierarchy, right? We're supposed to be the king, the bottom of the totem pole. Yet, it's always an attack on the males and the females. Because the Jezebel spirit, that's very much in, in contact and aligned with them whenever they start living a certain type of way. You know, they get to the point where once upon a time they were very innocent. And then, you know, later down the line, they're over here wearing makeup and, and having a lot of bodies, a lot of somebodies that they have had sex with. You know, and that's, it, it aches, it aches on a spiritual level to see this go down, to see all this happening, to see how the world is turning out because I got love. I got so much love that I have for so many people, you know, and, and, and people just choose these paths, which is, Hey, is their choice. But at the same time, it, it hurts God. You know, it, it does. He, he's always calling each and every one of us. We always get that opportunity of redemption and our clear being, because we're going to get into another hidden episode where we talk about the fallen angels and why they're not giving a chance into heaven. And to give you a little synopsis, they, they knew, they understood, they knew the reason that we are allowed back into the Garden of Eden was because Adam didn't know. He wasn't full of knowledge. You know, he didn't even know he was naked. So he had that free will to choose, okay? Angels have the free will too. That's how they were able to come and, and create Nephilim. They had free will too, but they knew. They knew what they were doing. They were very omnipotent. They've been here for much longer than we have. Much to the point of, of the beginning. They were there at the beginning. They were there when, when earth and the heavens were created before the Big Bang. They were there. They were living in eternal. So that's the difference. We are given that chance at redemption. We were made to be a creature, a kind a race above the angels and given that gratitude that that free ticket that love out of the love that God had for us we were given that ticket to enter the kingdom of heaven cuz regardless every single one of us are sinners we are born into sin in this flesh we are sinners and that's where we can grow we can grow and elevate above it because even the flesh itself, there's a lot of components, even in our structural chemical balances, our mental capacities, where they don't align fully with the spirit, but it's for our survival because that's how much God cares about us. Because regardless if we want to believe his truth or not, he's still looking out for us. In the way he formed us. In the way he built us. And so many people will say. Hey I did this without God. He formed you that way. He formed you in a sense. To where you can even have the mental capacity. To come up with those thoughts. That will save your life. 
Just like if if a robot, you know, somebody built a robot and they went and they jumped out of the way of a car's way, the robot can't, you know, they can't take all the glory by saying, ooh, I jumped out of the way. Hey, the programmer was the one that programmed them like that, right? He had that instilled as a just-in-case, and that's how we are. So we are not alive without God, regardless how you want to see it. Regardless if you have some type of beef with God or not, there are so many atheists out here, so many people that do not believe in God or just don't want to acknowledge Him and give Him the glory because they have their own problems with God. There's been moments in their life where they don't understand what God's doing and they're still hurt from it. A lot of people, I was the same way. I grew up not liking God or not wanting to believe in Him up until the age of I want to say maybe 17 or 18, where I didn't want to acknowledge that he was real. I was getting to the point of not believing there was a God at all. Because in my life, I would always seek what I didn't have. I would always question and wonder why these things would happen as such in my life. And I was so mad at God for giving me this type of life. I was so mad that he didn't make my life easier. But it's through that hardship that created the man I am today. So now I am super appreciative and in love with God because of what he allowed me to go through. What he allowed me to survive. That's where the glory comes from. That's why there has to be evil for there to be good. That's why we're in this type of life. In the Garden of Eden, it wasn't anything like this. I bet you there was no issues at all. I mean, we were to the point where we were cursed to work our whole lives. Women were cursed with the birthing pains because of our sin. So imagine how blissful that would have been. The Garden of Eden, how blissful. Incredible. To where there would have probably been like no problems, but it's those problems that make us better it's those problems that we can learn from see what i'm saying we're supposed to be innocent like children in the garden of eden not knowing nothing just hey being right there you know living in joy and blissfulness in creating in just heaven yeah we're right here going through problems so now we can find our path so we can find who we are inside of ourselves. For greatness is within you. Right? So I want y'all to understand that. And understand that demons are very real. Spiritual life. The spiritual side of things are very, very real. And much more realer than this earth. Than what we see. It's very deep, very, very deep. And we're going to go into more conversations like that, like the fallen angels. We're going to go into conversations like that, too, very, very soon. And I'll call them hidden episodes because of the fact that they are more deeper. Um, but I'll, I'll probably start doing them a little more frequently, maybe every five, maybe every seven, something like that, you know. And I'll start doing it more frequently to the point where we have more. We have more. And of course, 
I'm gonna bring the knowledge that I learned back to you guys. You know, there's there's a lot, and that one's gonna be one of them about the aliens, Nephilim, and the angels. Okay, so that's gonna be a really deep one. That next one, but I want y'all to be aware of that. Be aware that you are always fighting for your soul. You are always fighting sin. So I love you all. Have an amazing rest of your day. Have an amazing night, wherever it is that you are. Be vigilant and understand that we are not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual principalities in higher places. Okay? I love you. Stay blessed. Stay real. And I'll see you on the flip side.